brought to you by Fruitnet Media. This is Fruitbox. Hello and welcome to Fruitbox, Fruitnet's series of conversations about the fresh fruit and vegetable business with me, Chris White. Every week I talk down the line from here in London with people from across the world of fresh produce about some of the biggest issues they face today. I want these conversations to give you the best insight into how to do better business in fresh fruits and vegetables. Today, let's talk branding. When I first started in the business, almost 35 years ago now, consumer brands in fresh fruits and vegetables were kind of everywhere. Today, in many markets, they've lost much of their visibility. So what's happened? And are we seeing the first signs of perhaps a change? Are we about to see a revival in branding? To discuss the impact of brands, I'm delighted to be joined down the line from South Africa by Abes van Royen, the founder of Clemengold. Abes, welcome to Fruitbox. Hi, Chris. Wonderful to be with you. Thank you for this opportunity. Now, Abes, uh, tell us first, um, what, what is Clemengold? It's both a citrus brand as well as a group of citrus growers in South Africa and now in other citrus growing areas of the world. Yeah, Chris, uh, this started in 2002 when we identified this beautiful Nadorkot variety. And from day one, we we realized that this is a very special fruit with incredible quality attributes. And right from the beginning, we believe that this beautiful lady needs a dress and needs to be taken to the party. So, yeah, I think um, that has been a long journey, um, but very importantly, the brand basically stands for very unique attributes in terms of food quality, flavor, uh, easy peel, seedlessness, and uh, yeah, the fruit also has incredible shelf life. And uh, yeah, around that, we started developing the packaging format, the promotional ideas. And then we had to, to develop an ecosystem of producers, packers, and logistics to really bring it to the market in a coordinated way. So yeah, Clement Gold um, subscribed to all those um, qualities and the requirements and then obviously in time you have to enforce and maintain your quality and your service delivery um, everything together i would say is the brand now, abes you started your career uh, at uh, outspan um more than 40 years ago and that, that was the brand under which south african citrus is marketed all over the world and, and things have changed a lot since then, haven't they? It, it's been a period when, I suppose, supermarkets have come to dominate the business. And, and, and that's a good thing, isn't it? Well, I think there is good in it. Um, with the development of supermarkets, um, they've assisted us to improve a lot on, in terms of requirements, um, to ensure safety and and a good pro- a product to the end customer. So yeah, the, the development of supermarkets is definitely, I think, 
added to delivering fruit to the end customer in a very planned and organized way. But unfortunately, in the process, um, a lot more of the supermarkets develop own brands and almost e eliminated any grower brand or variety brand. And way back then, in the outspan days, we didn't have variety brands. It was a fruit salad of citrus that was marketed under outspan. I believe that that in itself needed to change and to offer the end customer something more consistent in terms of very special attributes. So in a way, I can understand that the Outspan brand has slowly been eroded um, in most markets because of the offer in, in a fruit basket. So I think there's an opportunity to change things going forward. Um, yeah, it was it was just sad to see over time that the return to to the the producer at the farm gate. When I started in 1985 with Artspan, around 52 percent of the the sales price ended up at the farm gate, and currently it varies between 12 and 18 percent that ends up at the farm gate. So something is really wrong in the system that the ultimate risk taker, the producer, is having diminishing returns. And on top of that, we are burdened with incredible uh, requirements to, to, to be able to supply into the retail. So yes, some good, but, but it's also become challenging. And I'm very afraid that if things continue on the way it's going now, a lot of growers will go out of business, um, especially after the last two years. It's it's a very serious situation. I think it's a global fruit phenomenon um, where there are many profit-making entities between the producer and the, the consumer. And I think that needs to be addressed. And I think the... The, the situation will become so dire and is dire that we're going to see a, a huge reduction in production and sustainable supply of fruit to the end customer. So it's a it's a it's a great concern to be what is happening on the grower front at the moment. That's uh, yeah, that's a very interesting point, uh, Abe's. Um, now, here where I am in the UK, the, the supermarkets focus more or less entirely on their on their own brands. Do you detect any changes here and, and actually any changes elsewhere in Europe? When we started with the branding, um, obviously at that stage, about 80% of soft citrus went to the UK from South Africa. So that was an obvious place to to launch and to attempt to get the brand established in the market. It has been an extremely difficult environment um, with supermarkets in the UK especially. I would almost say is averse to, to variety brands or um, external brands. Um, I'm not entirely sure 
why, but I think personally, um, if one looks at some price comparisons and and across the supermarket, you often find bananas at exactly the same price and exactly the same attributes. And perhaps that in itself will create opportunities for innovator, innovation and growers um, teaming up with a supermarket exclusively or in a different way to bring some value and some consumer recognition to a very specific set of attributes in terms of sustainability, uh, consistency, reliability, uh, all of these things must be encapsulated in the offer to the end customer. And I would hope that we see more of that in the UK. Fortunately, um, after many lessons learned in terms of, of spending money in the UK to establish a brand, we realized that we're up against uh, stiff uh, resistance. We then entered the German market, Austrian market, where at the time it was a lot more friendly to, to grower or fruit brands. Um, and then the rest of the world, fortunately, um, if one looks at the global population, Europe and the UK is a rather small uh, population. And I would say in general, you know, the, the Asian, Southeastern, Middle Eastern, African, um, the USA are much more um, accepting, accepting uh, brands. Um, so for anybody in the branding business, uh, if you have a limited uh, volumes, a limited unique selling points, the UK is not the place at this moment to launch and try and develop your brand. So some lessons learned from my side. <clears throat> Hopefully, we, from grower, producer, export side, we can develop, again, opportunities uh, with the, the UK retail to bring something special to the market. I'd, I'd like to, to move on to the Asia thing in a minute, but... Uh... You've worked, or managed to work rather, very effectively with supermarkets locally, uh, around the corner, uh, there at home in South Africa, haven't you? Tell us something about that. Well, Chris, um, another lesson, and I think a, a takeaway is that if you don't act locally and you think globally, it would be very difficult to take an idea if you don't have a case study and a, uh, a, a proof of concept at your front door. So we've been very fortunate to collaborate with Woolworths, um, a very well-known and very professional supermarket in South Africa. We did market research and our research indicated that we could possibly sell <clears throat> 400,000 kilos in five years time, uh, and that was way back in, in 2006. And we managed to get them on board. We entered into a exclusive evergreen 
agreement <coughs> with Woolworths, uh, pending volume of offtake price. And we are currently standing at 7 million kilograms of fruit. And we've managed to improve the, the retail price for them and for us. And I would say it is an absolute uh, test case for what can be achieved. At times we have up to 12 meter shelf space for our uh, Gold, Lemon Gold, Naval Gold uh, brands for five to six months of a year. Uh, so a phenomenal story where Grower Packer Retail has actually managed to move volumes at higher prices and everybody smiles in the process. Mm. Now that, that's a local success story. You've also been successful globally as well. And, and here I'm thinking of, of the recent award that uh, Clem Gold has received of, of the, prestigi the prestigious Asia Fruit Award for marketing given to you just recently at the Asia Fruit Logistica mm show in, in Bangkok. It's for the campaign you undertook in, in China. Now, consumer brands, you mentioned earlier, they, they are working in Asia, aren't they? And is that is that, but is that to do kind of with the lower penetration, do you think, of supermarkets in, in Asia? We've been very active in China for almost 15 years. So this award, I think, recognizes the persistence, perseverance, perspiration, um, over many, many years. Um, we had to introduce a variety, the brand. And at the time, the supermarket were very um, underdeveloped. Uh, most of the trade was uh, wholesale. But China has evolved incredibly. So we have over 19 receivers. Um, close to 40,000 supermarket uh, retail shops. We still on the wholesale market, but increasingly doing business in supermarket and then a big development in the online business. So it offers a lot of opportunity to, to work in the channel, but also to work nationally above line and spend, spend the money. So we, we spend a lot of effort and time in promoting the brand, and we've had phenomenal um, success in terms of volumes, price, re and returns to the grower. Uh, this last year, we had almost 200% premium in fruit sent to China versus Europe. As in terms of a return to, a return to grower? Returns to growers, yeah. Now, uh, and you've explained, uh, um, Apes, um, that Clemming Gold is a, is a brand name for a, a group, I think, of citrus, of, of, of easy, excuse me, of easy peel varieties. Now, do you think there's an opportunity to take the brand and, and use it in other citrus types? Or, or you know, why don't you use, use it with oranges, grapefruit and, and lemons, for example? Or, or are you doing that already? Chris, we, we're very um, conscious of delivering the unique selling points and the attributes that the consumer can return to every day, every month, the whole year. So 
I think that brands should speak for something very specific in terms of shape, color, flavor, seedlessness, juice content. So, so all the, the attributes must be described and I think adhere to and be very, very careful of confusing the customer. If I can just use the example, you know, Coca-Cola has got very similar tins and you don't know what is the original and what has got what in. And one out of 10 times when I buy a Coke, I pick up the wrong thing and I'm extremely disappointed. Like, likewise with Kit Kat, they brought so many flavors and, and uh, variation in that I often find disillusioned, disappointed and really peeved off because they, they have diluted their brand. So we have indeed used the gold to go to navels and lemons. But we're very specific to, to differentiate that there cannot be confusion. So I'm, I'm of the opinion that one should be very careful of branding a basket of fruit. Not to say that it cannot be done, but I would say be more specific about what you want to present to the end customer. And like citrus, you know, um, and, and specifically the mandarin, it gives you that convenience of easy peel and juiciness. And then, you know, we we eventually said we're not in the fruit business, but we in the the the, the, the um, perfume business. So there's nothing like opening a mandarin, and the whole room is filled with that beautiful flavor, and one gets an emotional attachment to that specific flavor. So I think it's important. It takes time for the end consumer to become emotionally attached, um, but it does happen. Uh, pe people in South Africa, where we've been active the longest, they rave about it. And it's, it's so um, rewarding to get that feedback of, guys, you've done a wonderful job to give us something that we can pick up and we know exactly what it will taste like. Well, I think uh, as soon as we stop talking, I'm going to pop to the local supermarket and buy myself some uh, <laughs> some easy peelers. You've convinced me. Now, um, we... sales pitch here. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 um, you mentioned a moment ago about the higher returns you're getting from certain markets and, and, uh, and also some of the problems you've had in, in other markets. But I guess that what, what you need to do as a, a, as a group of growers marketing this product is, is to control the product. Is, is, is that right? Yeah, incredible. Um, dealing with a perishable product and having to ship it uh, to 42 countries, to over 120 receivers, and to get it to the end customer is quite a job. So in order to, to, to do that, you need controls, you need systems, you need partnerships, collaboration, um, 
and very good information systems, and then ultimately to deliver that unique flavor and good shelf life fruit, you need technology and really jacked up producers and packers to deliver that consistently. So control, I would say, yeah, it's 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 tight management, it's um, detailed management, and yeah, especially in these days with the, the log jams in the logistics, it's become more challenging. We've been blessed with citrus that we we could absorb some of the longer ship, shipping times um, and still deliver a good quality. Uh, but if you look at the berry and the, and, and the stone fruit, um, where, where the shipping time is, is, is very short, um, unfortunately, those industries are much more under pressure uh, currently. Now, Abes, the, the story you've told um, so far is, is, is kind of very inspiring and also very promising. And, and do you think that, or why do you think that now is a is a time for brands is has the market really changed is the market really changing or or kind of are you looking at the world through your orange colored spectacles if not your rose colored spectacles <laughs> yeah um i think that the end consumer is becoming increasingly interested to know the whole story to have transparency um from where, where the produce is coming from, how it's produced. And I think if one can deliver that and touch the end customer more, we will definitely see brands subscribing to those qualities and transparency have an opportunity to, to penetrate and yeah, there's definitely an opportunity, and uh, but but one needs to be very um, aware that you have to focus, you have to develop your unique selling points, your packaging, and uh, the the business to business relationship should never be underestimated. We need the supermarkets, we need the importers, um, and if we can't deliver a proposition where everybody in the chain also makes their income, you will find it almost impossible to launch your brand. So um, some other point I may have to put on the table at this point, when I did studies way back in, in 2005, six. Um, a Perian Associates did a study and they said, if you don't have 150,000 tons of fruit, you will never have a global brand. So since our first trees were planted 22 years ago, we've only reached that figure in production now. So it's, it's only now that I believe we can have a presence in most countries and have a critical mass of fruit, but we still need more collaboration between Northern Hemisphere and Southern Hemisphere growers to have 
continuity on the show for as long as possible. Uh, very difficult to have a brand that's only there for four months or six months. One needs to try and be in the consumer's mind for as long as possible and for, for as many years as possible. Um, the, 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 the true benefits that we're deriving at the moment in terms of, of predictability of price, uh, predictability of shelf space, um, predictability of, of, of cons consumption of fruit has only come through the last three, four years. So it's, it was a very long, tiring, but exciting journey. And, and having received the award from the Asia Fruit was truly fantastic. Uh, unexpected, but fantastic to get that feedback and recognition to the brand, but to everyone involved, the producer, the picker, uh, the tea lady, um, everybody that is committed to this journey and contributed to the success. That's really, really good to hear. Um, so you've kind of arrived at your destination, but your destination is now a new point of departure. Uh, to, to further success and further development. Um, there are many listeners uh, to Fruitbox who will be sitting here and, and listening and they're thinking, hey, okay, this all makes sense. Um, I'm going to set up my brand now. So what, what kind of words of advice or word of advice would you have for them? You'd say, hold on, it's not as simple as that, surely. Chris, I think very importantly, you have to, to be passionate and you have to believe in your product. You have to be realistic to, to identify what those are. And sometimes I believe I haven't tapped into expertise right in the beginning to stress test your business case and do more desktop study of what to do. I've made a calculation of, of, of funds um, incorrectly applied in the wrong market. And I think I can say school fees in terms of that must have been three, four million pounds that I could have used better if I was consulting and getting advice and doing more market studies. So you, you, you really have to spend money rather in researching and put your 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 candle your idea out in the open to see if the wind won't blow it out um, you have to really um, often people have an idea and they think people will steal it but Truly, to copy some ideas, it, it takes more than just a label or a trademark because you have to also create a whole system of supply and distribution and friendships and partnerships um, and passion. And, and my last one, I, I, I have this uh, string that... I say proper prior planning, perspiration, perseverance prevents post-poor performance. <laughs> all, all, the, all the P's. Well, those are very sound 
uh, words of advice, Abes. And I'm afraid it's been a it's a, been a longer conversation than normal, but it's been a really interesting conversation. But that is all we've got time for on Fruitbox this week. Today, I was joined all the way from South Africa by Abes van Royen of Clemengold. Abes, thank you for joining me today on Fruitbox. Bye, donkey. A great pleasure. It was fantastic. And thank you for the opportunity. And I would I'd gladly like, I'm close to retirement. And uh, any questions or um, I work for free now. So any <laughs> questions, uh, very welcome to contact me. Wonderful. Well, I, I think uh, retirement doesn't sound like it works for you. I think you'll be very busy <laughs> for, forever and a day. Now, you can find today's conversation with Apes and the many others I'm having here at Fruitbox on our website, fruitnet.com. I share every episode of Fruitbox on my profile on LinkedIn, so connect with me there too. Post comments on what you hear and please reshare my post with your followers. And don't forget to let me know what issues you want to hear discussed here on Fruitbox. Stay tuned and continue to make Fruitbox your regular listen. That was Fruitbox and this is Chris White in London. Thank you so much for listening. Until the next time, goodbye. To sponsor a future episode, please email advertising at fruitnet.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Fruitnet Live. And don't forget you can keep up to date with all the latest fresh produce industry news at fruitnet.com.